0: The season of advent we are working our way through John chapter 1 so I'm going to read a passage of scripture from John chapter 3 um, and this is John the Baptist speaking and um, I'm just really inspired by John's heart um, to not make everything about him but to point other people to Christ he says this in John 3 verse 30 he must increase but I must decrease invite like to pray with me God, we thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you for the certainty of your presence in this place with us. We thank you that you've given us a desire to be here, that you've given us health and the ability to come. And Lord, we pray that you would help us this morning to be open and to be sensitive to what you're saying to us through your word, that you would use us to be sources of your blessing in this earth. And we confess to you that we are often more concerned with our name and our reputation. Or even the kingdoms that we are seeking to build for ourselves, than your kingdom and your name. So we pray that you would give us a renewed sense of, of joy in serving you and, and using all that you've entrusted to us to lift high the name of Jesus in word and deed, so that others may come to experience the eternal and abundant life that's found only through faith in Him. We continue to rejoice for those from our congregation who celebrate the birth of children and their families. We continue to pray for Lauren and Christopher Branch, and the birth of their son, Warren James. And we pray for Lacey and Joe Marco, and the birth of William Wright. We pray for his grandmother, Carla Kent. For their whole family, we pray that you would bless them, and that you would give them wisdom and discernment for the days ahead, that these children may grow up to know you, and to love you, and to live for you, and to be a part of your mission in this world. We continue to pray for those who struggle with the loss of loved ones. During this season of the year, we pray for Jenna Cassese's family. We pray for Elizabeth Loman and the death of her father, Andrew Jackson, Mills Jr. Continue to pray for the family of Buck Somers, and we pray for Greg Whetstone and the death of his aunt, Connie. For each of these persons, we pray that they would know the certainty of your presence in their lives, that they would cling to and hold on to the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, knowing that. These who they love, their death and their life was not in vain, but you used them for your kingdom purposes and that even now they're in your presence. And I pray that you would empower each of these persons to live a faithful life, even as those they love so dearly did as well. We thank you for um, watching over us during the storm last night. We pray for those who um, are picking up the pieces of destruction um, or just mess or inconvenience in their lives. We thank you for the efforts of so many who have already been working through the night. Restore power, and we pray for those who, who lost loved ones in other places, Lord, that you would draw near to them. We offer this prayer in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who has taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I invite if you would, to take your Bible and turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. If you're using a pew Bible, it's on page 750. John, chapter 1. we're going to look at verses 6 through 8. John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. John writes, There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want you to think about how you would answer a question this morning. What is the overarching passion or direction of your life? When you think about your life and you think about all the things that you have out before you, all the things that you're pursuing, is there one kind of overarching goal that you would say sums up everything that you are about? Now, the way that you arrive likely at your understanding of your passion and your overarching goal in life is probably less that you sit down and you kind of reflect on that and you write it out. It's likely less that that's how you came to it, but you probably have just caught it over the years. See, culture's pretty powerful, and you and I learn to love things and to aspire to things by watching those in our own home, by watching those in culture. And you and I slowly developed this idea of this is what my life ultimately is about. And there are a lot of things that you could fill in that blank in those blanks of what you're pursuing in life. Um, some of you are currently in school. Raise your hand if you're in school. Those of us who are not, God bless you all, right? But you're in school, and like school is a huge portion of your life currently. It's kind of one of those things that dominates, and you are working really hard to be awesome in school, or you're just working hard to get through school. Right? But school can be this kind of big thing in your life, and you're pursuing it. You can find your worth in it. It can be one of those things that defines you. How many of you pursue some sort of athletics in your life? Those of us who are old are like, well, we used to, right? Right? But, but athletics can be something that you and I aspire to that defines us, that gives some sense of if I am successful in this regard, then that could be the thing that provides meaning to my life. Um, some of us who are married and some of us who have children now, one of the things that we do to find our meaning and purpose in life is that we judge ourselves by how talented our children are. How successful are they at athletics? How successful are they at academics? And then maybe we think about our own careers. That you and I, if we are in the workforce still, that you and I find so much of our identity and our purpose in what we do. And we're striving after being accomplished people or making sure that we have the kind of life that we want to have through the efforts that we have through work. And all of these things... Um, can be good and helpful and godly things in our lives. All of these things can be pursuits that God would have us pursue and and give our best to and give our efforts to, but none of these things in and of themselves is worthy of your life. You could be the smartest person to ever walk the earth. You could be the most athletic person to ever walk the earth. You could be the most accomplished person. You could have... You could be that person that everybody knows, right? You could have all the fame and all the reputation, all of those things. And one day, when you get to the end of your life and you look back on all the things that you did and all the things that you accomplished, there's this very real possibility that you could be great at a lot of things and not be good at the one thing that would be more important than all of those things. As I read this description about John the Baptist this week, I was really convicted, and I think John gives us a beautiful picture for how we can think about every area of our lives and why it is that God's put us here on this earth. And so John just says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, and we all know that he is John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is one of, um, I would say, my favorite characters in the Bible. Uh, John the Baptist was strange. Right? He was he was weird. (laughs) He was out in the wilderness. He dressed differently than everybody else. He was kind of one of those people that maybe if he came to Christmas dinner, everybody's like, John's coming. Right? What's John gonna say? What's he gonna wear? What's he gonna be like this year? May have even been one of those people that made you uncomfortable as you were wrapping your new awesome gift. And John's like, No, I'm good, I don't need a gift, right? He's that guy who was focused on God's kingdom and he came into the world. And God gave him really this one singular mission. that John the Baptist's mission was to prepare the way of the Lord. So if you go back to Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah tells us that there's one who's going to come, who's going to prepare the way for the Lord. And you and I read about him in the New Testament, and it's John the Baptist. And everybody's curious about who John is, and he's out there in the wilderness he has this baptismal ministry. He's out there baptizing people, baptizing people for repentance of sins and they go to him. And everybody's like, "Who is this? Is this Elijah? Is this the Christ? Who who is this?" And and he says, "I'm none of those people. I'm the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 40. I'm the one who has come, and my job and my role is to prepare the way for the Lord who is coming." John John had every opportunity, I think, to seize the moment. I think he had every opportunity to build on the success of his ministry at that point. He had every opportunity to make his ministry and his life about himself. If John lived today, he was trending, right? He was on social media and people were talking about John and curious about who he was. And if you are honest, I think, and if I am honest with myself, how many of us would like to be that kind of person? Right? There is within all of us this desire to be known and to be loved and to be seen as great. And John the Baptist came and he had all these things before him. And John the Baptist's sole purpose in life was to point people away from himself and to point people to Christ. And listen again to how John describes his life. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He came as a witness to the light that all might believe through him. And I have a really simple point for you this morning that I think, If you think about your life and all it is that God's called you to do and to be, that one really powerful, simple way to think about your life would be my primary goal, my primary objective is to live my life in such a way that others would come to know Christ through my life and my witness. That people would see me and how I interact and they would hear the way that I talk and the way that I share Christ with them And that when I get to the end of my life, the thing that I would want more than anything would be able to say that there are people in this world that through my life and witness came to know Christ and came to experience eternal and abundant life through faith in Him. So he sums up John's life just with that really simple phrase. He came to bear witness to the light that all might believe through Him. And then in John chapter 1, we keep going. John has opportunities again to build on this. John chapter 1, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. Now listen to verse 31. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. And I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. John says the sole purpose that God sent him out into the wilderness to have this ministry of baptism is that while he was out there, Christ would come. Imagine that for a moment. John's out in the wilderness. He's baptizing people for repentance of their sins. And Jesus comes. And do you remember how John the Baptist responded to Jesus? It's like, I don't think this is right. <laughs> I, I don't think this is what I ought to be doing. He says, it's, it's, it's right to fulfill all righteousness. And so John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. And there is that scene where it's obvious to John that this is the Christ, this is the Messiah. And so John had seen and he had heard, he knew who the Christ was, and he knew that others did not. If you continue to read the Gospel of John, here's the thing, you and I as readers, we know early on who Jesus is, that he's the Messiah, that he's the one that was involved in creating the world, that he stepped down and he revealed God to us in a way that we had not seen to that point. You and I know that, but Jesus is going to carry out his ministry in a world where people do not know that. And so John says, I have this knowledge and I have this experience of who Jesus is. And now I want the rest of my life to be about other people coming to see and experience all that I know through my faith in Christ. I want them to come to know the light, and I am not him. And my goal and my job is to point people to him. When is the last time you discovered something amazing? When you think about it, when's the last time that you experienced or discovered something amazing? It could be a new restaurant. It could be some movie that you watched. It could be some song that you heard. It could be anything in there that you discovered it, and at that moment you were like, "This is good." This is really good. If Mary Splawn ever gives you one of her homemade biscuits, eat one. Trust me, they're good, right? I I have tasted and seen, and I share that news with other people. Like, there is a way that you and I almost instinctively go throughout the world, and we experience things that are good. We experience things that satisfy our souls. And what do you and I do almost instinctively, C.S. Lewis would say? What do we do? go tell people, don't we? C.S. Lewis would say that, that the instinct that we have to tell people or to rejoice in something good is so strong that the joy that we find isn't quite fully fulfilled until we share it. So imagine this afternoon you went to a good Christmas movie, like a really, really good one. And they were like, welcome, enjoy the movie. The only thing is you cannot tell anybody about it when you leave. Wouldn't there be a part of you that you should be like, I, I, uh, like I want to tell somebody? Or some restaurant you go to and you're like, you're welcome to come in. Here's the best filet mignon you've ever had, but you cannot tell anyone. There would be this part of you that you would, the joy wouldn't be fully fulfilled unless you shared that news with somebody else. And I've been reminded and convicted this week as I read through this passage about John the Baptist that that you and I live in a world where people don't yet know Christ. And, And we really don't have to go to the far reaches of the world. We really don't have to go even across the country. But you and I live, and probably I'm guessing if we went and we took the time this morning, you could probably get a sheet of paper out or at least a note card out And you could write down some names of people in your life that do not know the Lord. Is that true? You could do that. I could do that. And and, and how are they going to know? Right? How how are they going to know about the joy and the life and the peace that you and I have found in Christ if we don't bear witness to the light and so I just really simply want to challenge you this week I want you to think about your life in terms of how it is that God's equipped you and called you and put you in places in really unique and specific ways for more than just you and it could be school that place that you go to every day and the people that you sit around and the teachers that you interact with, that yes, you do need to make good grades so your parents won't uh, ground you forever. That yes, you need to learn stuff while you're there. But I'm convinced the more that I know about kids and the more that I remember looking back, that there are people walking all around you whose lives are not very good, and who are desperate to know and to understand that there is some hope, that there is something beyond whatever it is that's before them. And so as students, you're entering in the classroom this week, or teachers if you're there, looking up and looking out and seeing the ways that God's placed you there that you might be a powerful witness for the good news of Christ in that place. Um, When you go to work this week, When you go to your office, I hope some of you get to go to an office again. (laughs) When you go to your office and you're around people, right? Seeing the people that God's put in your life and being prayerful and asking the Lord, how is it that I can interact with the people who are here in such a way that I point them to something beyond the minutia of what we're trying to accomplish together? That I point them to something different than just the bottom line or whatever project that we're working on, that I see them as people created in God's image and that ultimately my passion and my mission here is yes, to get the job done, but ultimately my passion and my mission is to use my life in such a way that others might come to see and experience the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ by how I live. There's a sign, I've mentioned it to you before, it hangs in Mary's office now. It used to hang in our house. And there's just this quote. It says, only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. Um, God created you and redeemed you for more than just your own comfort or your own, pers- your own um, pursuit of possessions or your own sense of reputation or fame. He's called you and redeemed you for the purpose of making known Christ, using your life to point others to the hope and life that you have through faith in him. And so I'm asking you to pray for me that I would be faithful to have those conversations with people that I know God's put in my life and that you would be faithful to engage and love. Because I'm telling you, I, one of the things that I, I know... More and more in my line of work is that one day you will pass from this life. And when that happens and you look back, um, I hope for you and I hope for me that that would be the thing that would be our heart's desire. That we came to bear witness to the light that others might believe through us. I invite like you to pray with me. God, we thank you for making the light of Christ known in our lives. We thank you for this season of y- the year where. You remind us of the precious nature of all that we've been given in Jesus. And we pray that you, would, that you would give us a big passion to live into. Something more than just ourselves or our name or our reputation or our comfort or our kingdom. That you lift our eyes up to see that our joy in Christ would grow. And that joy would be um, incomplete until it overflows in us sharing the good news of all that we've found in Christ. We pray that you would make us vessels of your good news, that you might use us to touch other people's lives. We offer this prayer in Christ's name. Amen. If you're here this morning and you've never...